Hello and welcome to one of our special Sombrero Fallouts where we do an interview. I think this is the third in the series which is proving highly popular. And today I am going to be uh, talking to Andrew McClelland. Andrew's performed stand-up round the world and written 15 hour-long comedy shows which he's performed at festivals around Australia, UK and New Zealand since 2003 including such memorable titles as Andrew McClellan's somewhat accurate history of pirates, 1550 to 2017, 2004 piece of Wood Award. Andrew is also a renowned and successful DJ, having performed as Cher's only support act for all the dates of a 2018 Australia-New Zealand tour, and has been head DJ at Time Out Melbourne's number one nightclub, Mr McClellan's Finishing School. Now I'm talking over the din of the minor birds, and the chainsaw next door. Uh, Andrew has made numerous television appearances, including programs which would be familiar to Australians, such as The Circle, Spicks and Specks, and The Chaser's War on Everything. Uh, since 2005, he's brought his unique mixture of performative DJing and enthusiastic inclusive dancing to festivals, events, and weddings. No wonder Cher picked Andrew as her only support act. These days, Andrew is to be found most often, clue, this is where you come in, performing lunch tunes Tuesday to Friday on twitch.tv forward slash DJ Andrew McClelland. And if you want to find out more about award-winning stand-up comedian Andrew McClelland, go to www.djandrewmcclelland.com and you can also find him on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Well, enough of me gabbling on. Let's hear what we got up to. So, welcome to Sombrero Fallout to Andrew McClelland. Oh, well, what a pleasure it is to be here, Ian. <laughs> what a very kind introduction that was that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Uh, looking forward to hearing that when I record it at some time in the future. Uh, now then, uh, Andrew, you were recommended to me by uh, Dave, Dave O'Neill, who's who kindly did an interview with me. Uh, recently and uh, you were I think slightly excited to be part of uh, Sombrero Fallout because you've always been a big fan of indie music would you say? Oh yeah always well you know from the age one gets into it like from you know 14 or 15 maybe even earlier actually when I was young uh, it was family car trips where everybody could flex their musical muscles and show (laughs) off my sister was all about musicals, literally, you know, lots of Andrew Lloyd Webber and God. Les Mis and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, we all got to select a cassette, you know, one in a row on these long family drives, driving from Melbourne to Brisbane, that kind of thing. That's and, a long trip. Yeah, long trip. For, for international uh, listeners, that's what, oh, a couple of days? Yeah, yeah, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's not much between Melbourne and Brisbane, either. It's about 20 hours without stops. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so mum and dad would pop on, you know, Gilbert Sullivan mm-hmm. or um, Simon and Garfunkel, who I still love. I like Paul Simon, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And uh, I would choose the pop of the day. And my brother, being five years older, was into the indie hits. And I can remember hearing yeah, okay. the Smiths and the Cure and thinking, oh, what is this? You know, it's sort of... <laughs> It's half depressing. The melodies are all right, but, you know, yeah. it's no banana rama or whatever. No, no Exactly. <laughs> it's no Fun Boy 3. It's not even any yes. bron- it's no Bronsky, it's no Bronsky beat. beat. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking at the time. Yes. But Where then, is the beat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then when I, as you turn the corner, for some reason something hits when you're 13, 14, 15. Yeah. And suddenly it was blowing my mind. Oh, and I okay. became a Smith's obsessive. Okay. Um, to the point where 
I'd write, you know, biographies of Morrissey and Johnny Marr as oh, essays right. at school and read as many books as I could and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, everybody has a love-hate relationship with Morrissey, don't they? Oh, it's become quite a hot potato on some rare <sighs> fallout. I, I've had listeners uh, write in saying, uh, I'm going to have to turn off that track and fast forward if you play another Smiths or Morrissey track, I'm afraid. Gosh. Well... This will break their heart then. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the way I compartmentalise it is uh, because I DJ as well. Stephen Pilling, if you're listening, oh, sorry, jogging Stephen. jogging around in Leeds, I think it's Stephen, isn't it? Now's the time to fast forward. Oh, also, Stephen, look up the song "Mrs. Pilling and the Big Boy" uh, by um, Half Cousin, who are a very minor Scottish indie group. Oh, there you go. You might like that. Think, yeah. It's a classic track. I mean, it's not a classic track at all. It's tiny, <laughs> but it's wonderful. Mm. Uh, Mrs. Pilling and the Big Boy. Anyhow, um, yeah, so, so all right, the way I just fight to myself is don't like Morrissey now, don't listen to really... I mean, obviously, who would? Oh, um, no. I'm Jesus, glad I've no. never met him. Or maybe quietly when no one's listening. Well, yeah, I mean, the albums from the early 90s I do still listen to, and the mid-90s and the early 2000s. That'd be great. My, the way I justify it, yes. and maybe it is just me yes. cheating my morals, Yes. Um, I've, when he was in the Smiths, there was no way he thought the way he does today not exactly it may be yeah he spoke to me so much about being an outsider about you know the beauty of that and the difficulty of that and with empathy anyway look it's a debate been going forever but i feel like the real change was somewhere around 2010 or so um it's like when i dj i won't dj michael jackson anymore but i will dj jackson five because i figure yeah yeah it's it's a work that involves a lot of other people as well it's not just them and I think they're a very different to per- person to the essentially monsters that they became. Yeah. Okay, so uh, first track, what's it going to be? Handsome Devil from the John Peel Sessions. No. And it spoke to me on so many levels and also yeah. it's um, subversive sexuality and so on. Yes. A very different Morrissey, I think. Yeah, oh, 100%. Let's hear it now. Handsome Devil.
so what was that? <laughs> what, what was that, Andrew? What did we just hear? That was good old Handsome Devil by the Smiths. <laughs> uh, of a Hatful of Hollow and a B-side to... Uh, was it um, Hand in Glove? Um, I, I'm, I'm flailing around here. We could easily look this up and we should have done before. No, no, no. We don't look things up, no, surely. Okay, right. it's, uh... Well, it's Hand in Glove or one of those very One of them ones. Yes, one of yeah. them ones. But one of the punkiest, um, absolutely the punkiest, punkiest tracks. And we were just saying, weren't we, I, I brought up London uh, by the Smiths. Yeah, which I love and I still very DJ punky. from time to time. Just, um, yes, yeah, such a wonderful heavy Smith track. And uh, covered by Motorhead uh, on the soundtrack to that early 90s film with Steve Buscemi and Brendan Fraser, uh-huh. where they're playing essentially a grunge band, and it's called... Well, I'd like to be able to fill in the blank, but... Oh, I've said we can't look things up. No, we can't look things up. <laughs> no, I do, I do quite a lot of trivia, but it turns... I like the idea of trivia, but it turns out there are lots of things I should know with that. Oh, oh, rather excitingly, a band's just started up next door. So, yes, that's uh, uh, next door is another DJ who plays uh, exclusively hard <laughs> techno. So uh, just getting, I hope the listeners aren't getting that. Yeah, well, that's much. the first little blast of hard techno we've had on some row for. That's nice. <laughs> uh, so we're going to pivot seamlessly into the next phase of your indie music listening. What was that, Andrew? Uh, well, it was Britpop, the oh, classic time. I was 15 yes. in 1995. Yes. Uh, I remember my brother in 92 getting Blur's Modern Life is Rubbish. Yes. It blew me away. Yes. Around that time, you got Primal Scream albums. Primal and Scream Delicates. Uh, so much coming out. And I went into Britpop hard. You know, I, yes. I listened to Menswear, These Animal Men. Uh, I listened, obviously, so, to Suede, who I loved. Elastica, who I yeah. loved so much. All the Welsh ones as well. Super oh. Furry Animals, The Divine Comedy who I still listen to all the time and yeah. still release amazing albums. Still? Yeah, The Divine Comedy, absolutely they're, fantastic. They're still releasing great Yeah. Things. In fact, their, their recent album, I would say, was their worst, but the one before that was Divine. Was that's it really? 2016 or so. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and uh, gosh... It's what, what happens when you're 15? You go deep, don't you? Go so deep and get mm. so passionate. Mm-hmm. And I worked at Kmart where I made $5.25 an hour when yes. I was 15. Okay. And CDs were 30 bucks, and I was constantly doing the maths. It was six hours' work <laughs> for one album. So I had to be very careful about who I purchased. That's nice. But I did it, and that CD collection became the basis of where I started DJing as well. Didn't menswear have a little at where the A in menswear they did. should be? It's just coming back to Yeah, me. very early days. Of course, yeah. back in those days, you also have... Why not join our official mailing list on an email? <laughs> and of course, yes. I had no internet, so it was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And then I find the women of Britpop often get overlooked as oh, well. Justin Frischman, obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously, with yes. Elastica. Oh, yes. And then also uh, Echo Belly, Sleeper, um, Catatonia. Gary Matthews. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All these wonderful other bands that. Oh, Lush as well, although, you know, oh, Shoegaze too, Britpop. Yes. And I like, back again. I like, yes, I, I like the Shoegaze. We've played the Shoegaze version of Lush on somewhere mm. and all that before. A. a uh, what's her name? Berenyi. Yes. Mickey Berenyi? Mickey, you yeah. are absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, all the Britpop adjacent stuff as well. You know, I love Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Right. And um, I even enjoyed sort of the dancey stuff. Like That was the sound of Andrew smash, slapping his thigh in, in excitement there, just in case <laughs> listeners are worried about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, all's well. Nothing's yeah. fallen over. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's... Um, what's... what's a Britpop track have you gone for? All right, something, uh, uh, very obvious band, Blur. Uh, Fine. And, oh, 
I want you to answer though. <laughs> this question. Pulp are probably my number one. Yes, pop I'm group. probably mine too. Well, oh, okay. Well, there we are. There's the answer. Yeah. I've gone with Blur. I've gone with Clover over Dover, which has a Baroque oh, yeah. pop thing as well, yes. which I really like. Yeah, nice. Yeah, off of uh, Park Life. That's it. So what was that we just heard? It was Clover Over Dover by Blair. What a <laughs> lovely little number. It is great, isn't it? Um, but obviously, Britpop uh, is a, a pivotal moment in British history. I think that uh, Australian indie caught your eye next. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I always loved Australian indie, particularly the folky side of it. 
Um, Frente, uh, what year is that? Uh, Kelly Street, something like 92, 91? Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, I remember hearing um, the New Order cover from Frente first and thinking this is rather great. Oh, yeah, it was very is pretty. Is that a love triangle, yeah? But that's one of those things where, like, their cover was is the song they're known by. But they do have said. two great albums. Right. Yeah, yeah those the, are the uh, ones. Okay. And then from there, um, I got into the local indie folk scene, specifically Candle Records which uh, I consider sort of um, the postcard of Australia. Are they? See, this is a little uh, pocket of ignorance for me, Candle Records. So tell us a bit about Candle Records. Oh, sure. Uh, They started off with the Simpletons, who would put candles on the stage. Uh, The Simpletons' manager at the time, Chris Crouch, then started a label to put their music out. Mm. They were a great, great band. Darren Hanlon. Oh, I know Darren Hanlon, yeah. Yeah, and I love Darren Hanlon even now. I think his music's Mm. sublime. His songwriting is sublime. Um, and then from that, the Lucksmiths got on board. I've played them, yeah. Oh, I love the Luckies. Uh, well, we're about to hear a little more. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Um, then you got uh, artists like Rock Rover, Cuddlefish, Rob Clarkson did some stuff on there. Um, none of them were very big. The Lucksmiths and Darren Hanlon were probably the biggest. Yeah. Uh, and I love... So there's a good jingle jangle sound to it, which, you know, harkens back to your jangly stuff mm. of the 80s. Um they're just absolutely it's it's a beautiful little genre which never had really any success any of the artists do you, do you think didn't really fit into you know even maybe 10 or 20 years ago it was a slightly more how can I put it macho version of Australia compared to the direction that young Australia is heading now do you think they were a bit out of step with Australian culture or not yeah I think they were perhaps in the macho vein also I mean what was big in the 90s in Australian music in Australian Indian music you got bands like Custard and um uh, regurgitator, regurgitator uh, yeah, stuff that's yeah. a lot heavier yeah. than this. And even though this is quite poppy, it's not really slow folk. Um, the Lucksmiths, you know, just had a snare drum. That's all they had. Uh, I mean, and a guitar and a bass. Yes, but of course. There was no, yeah. And the drummer was the singer. Yeah. Also, this music, for some reason, and even now with Darren Hanlon, it's full of puns. It's really pun heavy. Yeah, right. And that's essentially across the genre. And I don't know why. But <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah, so I want to play Sunlight in a Jar now, which is a later Lucksmith song from about 2006. Um, it's after Louis Richter from Midstate Orange had joined the group. Uh, his guitar really adds to it, adds mm-hmm. to a sound that earlier on was a bit thinner, although I could never fault the songwriting. I absolutely love it. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I urge anyone who's interested in Australian indie music of the 90s that wasn't well-known... I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of this. Stuff. No, I did a go-betweens episode a while ago, and I was uh, amazed actually at the standard, at the quality um, of a lot of the Australian bands, which I, I profess my ignorance to. And it was really fascinating doing the research for that episode. Oh, well, Ian, let us open up <laughs> the book of your heart and see if the song "Sunlight in the Jar" by the Luxmiths finds a place. We're about to find out.
So that was The Locksmiths, was it not? And it was indeed Sunlight in a Jar. Um, and we were just discussing, uh, there are so... It's an overlooked genre, I think, that Australian new folk of the 90s. Totally agree. Not just based on Candle Records, obviously. Um, Pop Boomerang Records, who are still releasing stuff now. Wow. In fact, uh, the fellow who runs Pop Boomerang now runs that very popular Australian indie 1990 to 2000 page, um, which has a very large community online, now puts on gigs with the phobes and like that oh, must, uh, more but, and more things to get into this is great <laughs> I love so. talking to you Andrew oh it's an absolute pleasure <laughs> but yes I do think these bands are overlooked um, I if, agree if there were if I could ever um, have any influence over public yeah. musical taste you know as some people do I often think about this perhaps you do too yeah so I saw there was a new Ed Sheeran album coming out. I know it's going to go to number one no matter what. I know right. the first four singles are going to go to number one no matter what. <laughs> Why are the charts so greedy? Why can't yeah. a beautiful band... Uh, I just don't understand it. Well, it was ever thus, wasn't it? Was it? If, I suppose, you know, if you look at Postcard or... Mm. Um, but then, you know, but, bands we love, Kinks and the Supremes and so on, they, they did very well, obviously. Yeah, for sure, ones. for sure. I just don't understand it now. In fact, later on, we're going to play Aloe Darlin, who I consider the heir um, to this sort of music, okay. who are a much more contemporary group, who are doing that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, that's. Uh, I think there's plenty of grist for uh, listeners' mills to have a, a ex- exploration of Candle. I know some people do say, I'm looking forward to exploring what I, I heard. So Candle Records sounds like a, a great area. But now we're going to pivot Across the Atlantic, are we not? Or as the Pacific, because we're in Australia now. I suppose so, yes. (laughs) I'm going to play, because you never have before on Sombrero Fallout, a little bit of They Might Be Giants. Okay. One of those bands, perhaps a little like Frente in my mind, who (laughs) had a hit, people know them for that hit or two, um, mainly the stuff around Flood for them, uh, their 1990 album. And then everybody sort of passed on from, but still released great music. Um, I still listen to their albums when they come out, and I think... They are vastly underrated, although they're very popular among some people. You know, they've got that weird Al Yankovic thing. They do have rabid fans. Mm. Also, people see them as you're very light-hearted. Tell now, me you're not going to play any weird. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 but 
But I suppose uh, they're very, they're seen as yeah. also as silly as Weird Al. Yeah. No one, they're nowhere near as silly. Uh, um, I mean, sometimes the lyrics are quite ridiculous. Yes. But they're That's very okay. touching as well okay. and very beautiful often. Uh, so I'm going to play uh, They'll Need a Crane, which is a song about um, a broken up relationship and how difficult it is to get it back together. But again, their lyrics are, oh, I don't know, quite obfuscating. Obfuscatory. There we are. That's a, that's a <laughs> superb multi-syllable word. So just, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to them, that much, that might be giants. Oof, get into it, friends. Okay, here we go. Love is sad, the love is sad Sadness is hanging there To show love somewhere Something needs a change They need a change They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To take the house he built for her apart To make it break It's gonna take a metal ball hung from a chain They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To pick the broken ruins up again To mend her heart, to help him start to see a world apart from pain Lad's gal is all he has Gal's gladness hangs upon the love of lad The love of lad Some things gal says to lad Aren't men as bad but cause a little pain They cause him pain They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To take the house he built for her apart To make it brave It's gonna take a metal ball hung from a chain They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To pick the broken ruins up again To mend her heart, to help him start To see a world apart from pain Don't call me at work again, oh no The boss still hates me, I'm just tired And I don't love you anymore And there's a restaurant we should check out Where the other nightmare people like to go I mean nice people, baby wait I didn't mean to say nightmare Lad looks at other gals Gal thinks Jim Beam is handsomer than Lad He isn't bad Call off the wedding band Nobody wants to hear that one again Play that again They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To take the house he built for her apart To make it break, it's gonna take A metal ball hung from a chain They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane To pick the broken ruins up again To mend her heart, to help her start To see a world apart from pain They'll need a crane, they'll need a crane 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 They'll need a crane So that was a debut for... They might be giants. And I've just realised, perhaps why some people don't like it, that nasal American tone, which uh, some of the greatest, in my opinion, American indie bands have, mm. like the Decemberists, Colin Malloy sings like mm. that. Mm, I love Decemberists. John Darnell from the Mountain Goat sings like that. It's yes, sort of an off-putting... Yes, he does. You're right. Yeah. And we've got, I mean, those bands are a sombrero for that favourite. And is there something about combining the nasal with the humour? Does it sort of go hand in hand or not? Yeah, perhaps. I suppose. Although uh, the mountain goats are rarely humorous. Oh, No Children by the Mountain Goats is one of the funniest songs I know. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> I've played it at a wedding for a couple. <laughs> 
as their wedding dance. Oh dear, no, that's, <laughs> we have played that recently on the deadpan episode. I think we played No Children. What a cracker! One of the most negative, beautifully negative <laughs> songs ever. I always want to put together a playlist of those songs, which oh, yeah. are "I Hate You, But I Can Never Leave You." Yeah. But Fairy Tale New York springs to mind as another classic. Yeah, that that's true. Maybe we could do an episode of those. <laughs> it might be a bit grim. <laughs> okay, so that was that was America. I think that uh, we're going to go into, it's fair to say, uh, a genre that we have played on Sombrero Fallout, but not regularly. And, and that's what, how would you describe it? Trad folk? Trad folk? I'm going to play a sea shanty. Yes. Because to, to continue the biographical uh, theme, yes. my first show was about pirate history. I studied pirate history. I'm fascinated by pirates and seafaring. And uh, my first show ever in the comedy festival was a somewhat accurate history of pirates. Uh, 1540 to 2017. And uh, I love sea shanties. Around then I started the sea shanty choir. And since then, sea shanties have become a lot more uh, popular. You yeah. know, there was that big TikTok thing, did you hear about, of people seeing the Wellerman? You know, TikTok, what the kids listen to. I'm familiar with TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. You're just staring at me glassy eyes. No, Perhaps no, it's because we're not meant to talk about it Sombrero Fall. No, 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 we can talk about TikTok, but I'm not familiar with the sea shanty subgenre of TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I love to sing and I love to be in a room of people singing together, not as a choir, not. Yeah. Because they can sing well, but just for the fun of singing. Yeah, yeah. It's I, very good for you, isn't it, apparently? It's, oh, like, um, it's great fun. And psychologically also, very good for you singing. In Australian culture, we're so you saying, no, no, I don't sing, I won't sing. Um, I think it's a real tragedy because yeah, it seems people from Britain all over will happily burst into song. Well, I used to get criticised at work and I didn't even realise I was doing it because I like to sing at my desk. And, uh, and my wife does criticise me for singing without even realising it. But I say, I don't care. I'm going to carry on. It's good for the heart, good for the soul. Exactly. So I've gone with uh, an old sea shanty, although this one comes from the Lewin Davis soundtrack. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Great Coen Brothers fans, yes. We oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this has the Punch Brothers, Marcus Mumford, of course, Mumford and Sons, who no. you probably wouldn't have played. No, I won't. No. And also, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, who you probably wouldn't have played. Well... <laughs> But I'm is, looking nervous at the moment. It is a proper sea shanty. <laughs> and when people say to me, so uh, what's your favourite uh, Justin Timberlake song? I can yeah. happily say The Old That's Triangle. Fair. That's fair enough. I was thinking, by the way, very quickly of doing an episode, if anyone's got any suggestions, of um, actors who were also in groups. Uh, Michael Sarah does. Is I just came across through my son Scott yesterday. He's actually quite a good... Got oh, a yeah. good band together. Jason Schwartzman and Phantom Planet. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman, yes. Uh, yeah, we should do that one episode, shouldn't we? Heck if, yeah. you, if you've got ideas, then. Anyway, well, I digress. Uh, it's sea shanty time on Sombrero Fall. <laughs> a hungry feeling came more me stealing, and the mice were squealing. In my prison cell And the old triangle Went jingle, jangle All along the banks Of the Royal Canal To begin the morning a screw was ballin', get up you bowsy, and clean up your cell. And the old triangle 
When jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal, the lags were sleeping. Humpy Gussie was creeping as I lay there weeping. For my girl Sal And the old triangle Went jingle jangle All along the banks Of the Royal Canal Up in the female prison there's seventy-five women, and among them I wish I did dwell. Then the old triangle could go jingle, jangle, all along the banks of the royal. Oh no, Andrew's just uh, Andrew's just going to have some chocolate. So should we should we pause? Yeah, that's <laughs> well, we've both um, we've both actually had a bit of excellent chocolate. I don't know what the brand name of that chocolate is, but I can recommend it. Uh, McClellan's El Fanso, <laughs> only the best for Ian. Yeah. Uh, although we should have had a shot of very, very good a tot of rum. We should have done, shouldn't we? Because what we just heard was was the old triangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Lewin Davis soundtrack. Yes. Justin Timberlake, Punch Brothers, Marcus Mumford. <clears throat> that might be an edit, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought now we'd go as far away from a sea shanty as we might. Yes. Yeah. It's a post rock. Ah, this is this is Heartland stuff. Ah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So stuff. Uh, my second show, I mean, I just it sounds like I'm just big on myself now, but I just thought the biographical route's a good way to reveal music. It works. It works very well, yeah. So uh, my next show is Mixtape, which is a show about pop music. And when people like you and I say pop music, we mean very broadly, obviously. Uh, anything from the Smiths to Taylor Swift or whatever. Indeed. Uh, so um, that uh, the best bit of stand-up I think I've ever written was over uh, just a story about a breakup, which um, you know ended with a wonderful bit of self-deprecation over explosions in the sky. Oh, yeah. First breath after a coma. And this is a 9 minute 34 track. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What about, how does that go with that? Well, uh, we might need to edit it. Is that okay. okay? Do you mind if we just play a section thereof? You know what? Yes. There is a four minute mix of your hand in mine okay, we'll that we that. could use instead. We'll do that. All right, we'll use that. We'll use Sorry. that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, um, I heard, ex- I was listening to Triple R once, Explosions in the Sky came on, and I hadn't been into, I- I'm aware that there were uh, progenitors to them. But I hadn't listened to any of that stuff mm-hmm. up until then. I, I just stopped my car outside of a friend's house, and I could is that the old cliche? I couldn't go inside. I had to keep listening to this incredible music, yeah. which blew my mind. You know, the fact that the guitars uh, and drums and bass, just the traditional rock and roll instruments, were making a symphony. Yes. 
it, I absolutely loved it. I still listen to the album The Earth Is Not A Cold Dark Place today, mm-hmm. often, uh, and many of their albums, and then moved from there into other you know, post-rock sort of stuff. As long-time listeners of the programme may know, um, an old correspondent and friend of mine from uh, from way back uh, claims to have invented the term post-rock. Oh! Uh, Simon Reynolds, who wrote the post book on post-punk and various other things. I don't know whether that's true, but he claims he did. I never know if any of those stories are ever true. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> because it always seems like these words emerge almost from the moment. Well, it's not, it's not like it was a great lateral leap to come yes. up with post and rock <laughs> <laughs> indeed uh, so shall we let's do it
Okay, who is that, Andrew? Who did we just have the pleasure of hearing? Uh, that was Explosions in the Sky. We went with mm. your hand in mine, the four or so minute orchestral version. Yes. As opposed to uh, First Breath After a Cobra at nine and a half. I understand <sighs> that sacrifices must be made it's for hard to do just. It's hard to do justice. We'd love to play a 23-minute Godspeed You Black Emperor track at oh, some stage. We all. Uh, but uh, maybe on the Mega Mix uh, at some point, unspecified <laughs> point in the future when we do the... The, the mega tracks. You could have a two-track episode. Yes, I could. Just play stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I've done long songs before. I did five or six songs, and I might do another of those. But really, ten minutes. But there are some tracks that merit twenty-three minutes, don't they? They really are. No shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So yeah. that that was the post-rock phase of the program, um, and of course, we're big friends of um, Mogwai mm. and all of those great bands on Sombrero Fallout. Uh, where are we going to seamlessly segue and pivot to next, Andrew? I wanted to go into a genre that I'm never sure what to name. Uh-huh. But essentially, spoken word over music, poetic over music. Um, uh, I, I want mm-hmm. to play Live Without Buildings. Yes. The Lean Over. And if you've listened to those Lean Over tracks, they're all sort of poetry over music. Just just for one sec, there's a, a, a friend of somebody, that. Steve Amflit wrote in and saying, this is Sprechgesang you're talking about <gasps> here, which is spoken word music, which is now a thing. Sprechgesang. Sprechgesang. S- sounds German or Austrian, it, it possibly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mozart might have something to say about that. But yeah, no, it is. It is now a thing, spoken word music. And uh, we did our deadpan episode. It was effectively very similar to... I mean, you know, there's obviously a long history going back to the fall and before that to Dylan mm. of more or less spoken word music. But yeah. uh, it's definitely now a thing with the young post-punk brands, I think, in, in Britain in particular. They don't really sing anymore. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. That Mrs. Pilling song I mentioned, Over Half Cousin, certainly has that vibe. Uh, you, the other week, played um, the uh, Arab Strap. Yes, Arab Strap. One. Yes, yes. And then in Australia, um, there's uh, Modern Giant and the Aerial Maps, who both okay. did that. They're both broken up now, but yeah. I really loved. Mm-hmm. And it was um, hard to pick a song in this genre, which I'm a massive fan of. But I have gone with your classic. It was, you know, this was a hit on TikTok last year. TikTok again. again. I know, I didn't mean for it to come up. We're so contemporary on that. It may sound like I have TikTok. I don't. (laughs) But I've always loved this track, The Lean Over. And then um, I noticed that it had become absolutely massive on TikTok. Like 30,000 young people have made videos to this track. Um, I suppose because it's so unique and so wonderful. So let's hear it. Let's hear it now. If I lose you, if I lose you, if I lose you, if I lose you, the huh, the huh, the huh, mmm. If I, if I, if I, if I, if I, baby, 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 G G G, so G G G, you, you, you. If I lose you, if I lose you, the huh, the huh, if I lose you, the street, if I lose you, the street, if I lose you, the street.
I said I was going to count us back in, then I forgot. So let's, <laughs> let's assume just assume we've done again. the three, two, one, mm-hmm. and now we're counting back in. Uh, well, yes. So that was uh, the lineup for Love Without Building. Yes, it was. Which feeds also into my great love of Scottish indie, which oh. I am mad for. Uh, groups like Ball Boy, Just Jones, uh, and then obvious ones: your Bill and Sebastian, your mm-hmm. Primal Scream, and so on. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Something about the way the Scots do it, which I really yeah. dig. I think Glasgow. Well, there's Sheffield, there's Bristol, there's London, there's Manchester. But I think if I were to tot it up, Glasgow would be the most fertile city for me, wow. musically speaking. More than Manchester? Yeah, I'd say so. Goodness gracious. Well, there's the mega, there's Joy Division, The Fall, New Order, and one or two others from Manchester. Mm. They're, I mean, they're like... Hey, don't forget James. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But in Glasgow, goodness me! I mean, where, where, all the way back to Postcard, Joseph K. Yeah, all the way through. You know, even early Simple Minds. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Say it again. They sat. They, early Simple Minds were oh. great before they became arena whores. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we've you know we're big fans of Camera Obscura. Oh and, yes. Um, you know, obviously Bell and Sebastian, but mm. also you know the Blue Nile. Oh yeah. And uh, Aberfeldy. Yes, but and then you know further afield the Associates. Um, oh, indeed. Back in back at the end of the seventies and the early eighties, all the way through Boards of Canada, we've talked about Mogwai. Something in the Scottish water. Yeah, absolutely. Is it that whole thing uh, that sometimes Melbourne, uh, 
is accused of, I'm not sure that's the word, receives the accolade of. Something about the cold weather, yeah, yeah, being inside, stuck inside. Well, that was always the feeling of how punk started. It wasn't going to start anywhere where people could get out and see some sun. It was going to start off in Bromley. Yeah, not California. It was going to start off in the boring suburbs on a Sunday in the middle of the late 70s in in the UK where there was nothing to do and yeah. the country was going to the dogs. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, beautiful vision. Yeah. And why it continues to this day. I mean, I haven't yeah. really put any punk on this, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. We, 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 know, love it. Yeah. We, we, know, we know what punk is. Yeah. Um, what, we know what punk is. What do we know about what's coming up next, Andrew? Well, I would consider this, uh, <laughs> this band the children of both uh, the Candle Records, Australian folk stuff of the 90s, and of the go-betweens, Ooh. although most of them are English. Oh. This band is Allo Darling. Uh, the lead singer is from Brisbane, but otherwise they're all English. Um, wonderful jangle pop. Uh, again, one of those bands I just love so much. You said that you'd never heard of them when I asked you, yeah. and that blows my mind. The world needs to hear them. They broke up a couple of years ago and okay. only ever had three albums. Right. But... Um, they're absolutely superb, and mm-hmm. I just want to sock them to you. So yeah, they are. Yeah. No, let's do it right now. As I am preparing myself to say farewell to my pride again I remember how it was back then
I feel moderately and uh, I'm feel moderately blown away by that track. I'm amazed that I haven't heard that band before, but that was outstanding. Thanks for introducing us to that one. Oh, and an we, absolute pleasure. Who, and who was it? That was Allo Darlin, spelled A W L O space Darlin apostrophe. Yeah, go G. Three albums now, you know. Yeah. What was the name of that track? That was My Heart Is a Drummer. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, beautiful lyrics that they retain sort of the pun thing from the 90s Australian folk mm. stuff. Uh, but also some of the other tracks you'll certainly hear, the Go-Betweens vibe, and there's a Jangle vibe as well, right up my alley. Yeah. And again, one of those bands, Breaks My Heart, that I never had and never will, it's very likely, have any success. <sighs> so how can you control these things? God, I know. If only I was king of a record company. Yeah, I suppose you, you after a couple of albums, you have to decide are we happy schlepping around the outskirts of Geelong in the yeah. back of a van or are we going to try and make some money out of this? That's a terrible yeah. decision to have to make, really. Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. uh, I would still make that decision as a comedian every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, which actually, because um, probably a lot of people, particularly abroad, won't know too much about you Andrew do you want to so just tell us a bit more we, we introduced you at the top of the program in the way that I'm about to write sometime in the future uh, <laughs> uh, so what's going on in your life right now uh, oh well uh, we're coming out of yet another lockdown indeed a bit of classic lockdown fun uh, I do stand up comedy broadly and DJing but um, uh, yeah I've always done stand up like for, since 2001 I absolutely love it it's not very obvious stuff that I do mm-hmm. so uh, as I said I did pirates shows and music shows and my most recent show was a contemporary Gilbert and Sullivan musical uh, <laughs> written by me I wrote the full three hour musical and then I condensed it to one hour and uh, uh, the intention is to remove the colonialism and the sexism <laughs> and put in a it's from three hours to one hour, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I wrote it all myself, so been, hopefully it wasn't there in the first place. you always been a fan of Gilbert and Sullivan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I got played a lot when I was a kid, that yeah. whole thing. I was set on those long car journeys. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've never been one to write necessarily crowd-pleasing shows. You know, I, in fact, my, my attitude to comedy is sort of that indie thing. You know, I, I like yeah. to do what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this show will ever be a massive success, but it's a great joy. And those who enjoy exactly. it, enjoy it. You know, they, there's a whole thing of you get your thousand fans yes, and then exactly. you're set for life. Well, I've got yeah. my 200, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like People who will come to what I do, which is enjoyable. Uh, and then um, because, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest comedian in the world, I do DJing as well. So lots of weddings, yeah. that kind of thing. But I've run a club night, Mr. McClellan's Finishing School, which is an indie and pop night. And I've run that since 2008. Okay. And this very Friday, we get to start again. Oh, fantastic. With a cap of 50 people. So uh, just a nice little vibe. Although I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather pack them in. All three yards away from each other in their little zones. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Get the COVID marshal in and all that. Oh, that's great. Um, you haven't been in a band yourself? Or... I have. I was in a folk band called Duck Dime, which I played harmonica. <laughs> okay. And at school, I was in um, a band called uh, Cassandra's Myth, yes. which uh, I think was after um, a girl that the lead singer liked at school named Cassandra Smith. And ah, nice. The drummer and I, I was the singer, we loved yeah. Australian folk uh, pop, and the other members of the band loved uh, industrial, gothic industrial stuff. So we were, as far as I know, the only Australian folk pop slash gothic industrial group in the world. There's quite <laughs> a lot of puns has been quite a theme on our talk because I, I just remember there used to be an off license in uh, Heathrow Airport when you got off 
the slide. Oh, yeah. And their line was, out of the flying plane into the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I don't know why it occurred to me there. Anyway, sorry. Well, that was, uh, sorry. Uh, that was, that's great to hear a bit about you, Andrew. So good luck as things start expanding. And Thank you. Um, hopefully things are, you, and, and you've got long-term plans for uh, for that opera is that right oh hopefully i'll just do more seasons yeah 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 yeah. uh my hope although i don't know if it'll play out is the baby boomers are like gns enough to uh come yeah. along in droves and uh make me some money because i tell you this lockdown has been a hard year and a half for a performer yeah i dj um no most fun. days no on twitch uh i play a thing called lunch tunes and um it's nice it's nice just to get people in but you know, you're literally busking online for money as the only legal way I can perform. That is moment. tough. Bloody tough, actually. <sighs> Very frustrating. And I think that's been, you know, amongst all the conversations we've had, I think that uh, governments have not, have done a very poor job, and I can only speak for the Australian government, I, don't, I can't speak for all of them, in protecting our artistic communities, who, after all, kept us going through uh, through long periods of lockdown. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, when, when there are massive bushfires and so on, we are usually the first, mm. well, among the first to respond. We exactly. put on charity gigs and so on. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to complain about it. Of course. But, uh, but oh. it needs to be, should be said, should be said. Yeah. It can't be yeah. said too often. <laughs> I also realised I, um, yes. uh, my biggest gigs ever were, I was Cher's support act. Oh. Entire Australia, New Zealand tour. I haven't put any Cher on the playlist. Have you not? That's well, I just, probably I wasn't a good sure thing. she's indie enough, you <laughs> no, know? not quite. No. I mean, some of the 60s stuff, my opinion, you play 60s Barely. stuff. Okay, yeah. Oh, fair enough. All right. So I've left that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's next? Next, I've gone with a little bit of Decembrists because... Oh, great. Out of the bands that are still releasing music now, yeah. who have been for many years, and I will always listen to their new albums, Mount Goats, Decembrists, Divine Comedy. Yeah. Uh, so I went with um, Ben Franklin's song, which is from uh, the very famous, uh, very popular musical Hamilton. Yeah. It's not in Hamilton. Uh, it was removed, but um, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda gave it to the Decemberists to record uh, which is wonderful. I love musicals as well, as you may have gathered mm. through this chat. Uh, so, yeah, I thought as a nod to musicals and the glorious Decemberists, I play Ben Franklin's song. Oh, we love Decemberists. Let's hear it now. Electricity yeah, you can all thank me Took some lightning, a kite And a fat brass cave And they're putting up streetlights In Gay Perry You're welcome for my young nation I'm the only American The French want to see They call me a genius I can't disagree they have guns, they have funds, they can set us free. Invest in my reputation. And do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know who the fuck I am? I am poor Richard Zamanak, writing Benjamin fucking Franklin. Have no 
Okay, so long-time listeners might be able to remember um, the short stories episode on Sombrero Fallout where we played the their Bus Small uh, song, which uh, I listened to again and, and played the other day and love it. But who was that? Was the Decemberists? And yes, what was indeed. what was that song, Andrew? Uh, that was uh, Benjamin Franklin. Simply, oh, I think it's called yes, Benjamin Franklin's song. There we are. No, Simple as that. Very good. I mean, I was tempted to play the crane wife parts one two and three but again that's about 18 minutes long so one day one of these days long <laughs> songs now i wanted to give you an option here we've got to okay. got to play one more song i reckon yeah, time wise it's yeah. tight I hear. uh I, I couldn't pick between playing that thing you do by the wonders yeah. from the movie that thing you do oh, yeah. written by adam schlesinger <laughs> as a tribute to do you know adam schlesinger from no. fountains of wayne Oh, fancy way. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. he died of COVID last year. I did not know that. And I'm okay. such a fan of, of so much of the music he's made. Yeah. He's written songs for so many great soundtracks. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a 60s style banger, although yeah. written in 2000 or so. <laughs> Alternatively, some Sprecken. Oh, Spre- uh, Spreckersang, I think Spreckersang, some Australian yeah. Spreckersang. Ooh, um, this is tempting. I was thinking the band's Broken Up, which is just a great yeah, spoken word poetry over music song yeah. about. Australian music in the early 90s okay. and going to see it live. Yeah. Or lastly, a little bit of Hatchie. If we're going for a contemporary <laughs> vibe. Oh, Hatchie, yeah. Uh, do you know Hatchie, Dream Pop, Australian Dream Pop and, I mean, very much over the now? Uh, oh, you've, you've put three beautiful dishes in front of me. Tough. It's like, is it going to be the pumpkin fritters or the Atlantic salmon? Or Indeed. The, I don't know do what's... you have your dessert before your mains? Oh, God. You've, you've, you're really tempting me. Uh, the what was the middle one again? The middle one was <laughs> the band's broken up by Modern Giant. I might go for that just from your description. Okay. Yeah. Thematically. 
but we might, what we might do is when we put it up on Friends of Sombrero for that, I might put a link to the other two tracks. That would be glorious. Little Easter egg for, for people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, shall we play the track? Yeah. Or do you want to talk a bit more about it? Oh, well, um, Modern Giant, uh, gosh, I can't remember the, not even the singer, the, the wordsmith's name. Okay. Uh, but uh, they were together just for a little while. We mustn't um, look things up, apparently, so we won't do that. No, what is, it's Adam something. Okay. I know it's Adam something. <laughs> they were on Pop Boomerang as well, right. um, who were who are still an Australian label. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, that's just great. Sprecken gives you music. Sprecken. <laughs> Let's hear uh, it now. If you're yeah. around to the Australian music scene in the early 90s, go to live stuff. This will speak to your heart. Okay. Midnight oil, the hummingbirds that clash. Midnight oil, the hummingbirds that clash. I stood with a beer in hand, little finger on a glass for grip. The cut was a soup, half inch deep of beer and sweat and coke. And a few scrapes of skin from the big bloke. He stage dived and he missed. He stage dived and he missed. What went missing in those nights of buzzcock shirts and bourbon, of dancing in front of the stage before it was called a mosh pit, of early 20s and Euros and guitars, the clash and the hummingbirds, the clash and the hummingbirds. We played pool and caught cabs through Annandale, and went to parties where bands played in lounge rooms and the girls were enticing and pale. I dreamed of moving to the city, I'd never leave the beach. I dreamed of moving to the city, I'd never leave the beach. And like those milky girls, the clear defining essence seems spoken of, hinted at, but always out of reach. Always out of reach. Overseas they played guitars in Sydney too. Punk was close in years, but time moved ahead, the punch bowl decreasing each night. I should have played guitars, I spent watching them and I was drinking beers instead. Chances with girls, of course I did, but I often came unstuck. 
But sometimes I got it right, my mates would ring and say, you bastard, you lucky fuck. You're a bastard, you lucky fuck. And I wanted to say, yeah, right, because I felt that clear. Because when the girls hadn't rung back by the following Wednesday, I wanted to call my mates back and say, you got no idea. You got no idea. Sooner or later, your body wears thin and turns fat. You go way overseas and you think nothing's better than that. And you come back changed to things still the same and go to sleep with a different ring in your ears. A different ring in your ears. A different ring in your ears. One night watching a band, the Hopetown Hotel, Surrey Hill, Sydney. After several drinks and eye contact, I spoke with a girl and later, somehow, miraculously, incredibly and absolutely unbelievably, we disappeared together. Off into the Surrey Hills night, a Bird Street night. Ah, oh, they've forgotten now, the details. Suffice to say it was alright. Suffice to say it wasn't bad. Suffice to say that now, no doubt, the band we saw that night has broken up. No doubt they've broken up. No doubt the band we saw that night has broken up. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I'm sure the band we saw that night has broken up. The band 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 has broken up. Okay, Andrew, who did we just hear there? That was Modern Giants uh, with their beautiful... Uh, uh, the band's broken up. Mm. Which, yeah, I'm a big fan, obviously, of the Sprickens. The Sprickens. Now, now I've, I've, we spoke we, in the break. Yep. I wonder if it in one more. Yep. I feel like my whole DJing life and playing music life, except for when I'm playing, like, for Cher, where I've got to play classic bangers, mm. is sometimes trying to promote artists to people who won't, likely won't have heard them, and I just feel like... They deserve it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my dream, really. So, I want to play some Hatchie. You yeah. said I could. Uh, she's from Brisbane. <laughs> um, she's wonderful. Um, she, uh, it's sort of a shoegaze sort of vibe, dream poppy vibe. A lot Great. of her stuff. This one's a little poppier. Um, just because she's releasing stuff now, people can jump on board now uh, and support her. I hope people dig it. Let's hear it. So, it turns out we are going to have our pudding as well as our main course. And oh. here is some Hatchie. Yeah. 
This evening, sadly, who was it, Andrew? Sure, by Hatchie. <laughs> now, uh, before we before we leave, tell us a little bit about because uh, th- we're recording this what in early July, but we probably won't put it out for um, two or three months. So, what's likely to be happening for you as springtime comes round in Australia? If the world, if Australia gets better, festivals, hopefully. Uh, I'll always be DJing my club, Mr. McClellan's Finishing School. Mr. McClellan's Finishing School. Where can, where can people, you just look it up online, do you? At the Trades Hall, uh, hopefully. Common rooms at the Trades Hall, uh, home of the great eight-hour union movement. <laughs> um, I play there fortnightly, otherwise I'll likely still be playing lunch tunes. I just play most lunch times on weekdays. Where can people find that? On Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash... DJ Andrew McClelland. I play some nights as well, and um, sometimes I'm playing pretty poppy stuff, but if you want a big slice of indie, come and tell me. Write in the comments, you know. Yeah, I'm right. extremely flexible. Yeah. Not physically, but when it comes to music. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, just follow me on the things, because I'll... Uh, I'll do. I'll be doing shows, uh, likely, you know, around the comedy festivals around the country. I'll yeah. be doing um, the very model of a modern major musical, which is my... Gilbert and Sullivan show, and who yeah. knows what else? Maybe I've written a new stand-up show. Oh, that'd be brilliant, Andrew. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've loved the tracks we've played tonight, and you've introduced me to some bands of whom I was entirely ignorant. And thank you so much for that. And um, I look forward to following your progress. Ian, an absolute pleasure. I look forward to many more sombrero fallouts. <laughs> okay, bye for now. See you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs>